Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. So glad to have you here with us today for episode 388 of the Speaker Lab podcast. Today, I'm joined by uh, one of my very closest friends, Mr. Shane Sams. I am pumped about this uh, conversation we're going to be having today. Uh, Shane is here to share his story and really his, his family story of leaving education, becoming an entrepreneur and speaker. And now I've, I've had the privilege of hearing Shane's story behind the scenes because of our friendship. We've known each other for several years. We've done trips together and, and done life together. Uh, but the speaking component of Shane's career is actually relatively new and has really taken off at lightning speed in a, a very short amount of time. Now, one of the great things about Shane is his ability to connect with people. The guy is just 100% authentic and all in whenever it comes to his family, his mission, and doing all that he can to be ready when the opportunity comes his way, which is really the case with speaking. Now, Shane traded his spot at the front of the classroom to create opportunities that would allow him to be present for his family and provide for their future. And in fact, in his early days, Shane and his wife started an education company that leaned into their professional backgrounds as, as teachers, coaches, and a librarian. And shortly after, they saw the opportunity to help other families take control of their income by monetizing their knowledge and passions with online membership sites. Through it all, Shane continues to thoughtfully prepare for any opportunity that will contribute to his growing mission and vision. So during our conversation, he's going to share what took him to the speaking stage and how a seemingly odd offer to the opportunity of a lifetime. He is the ultimate family guy, someone who will quickly engage you with his story, determination, and wit. And because of his intentionality, he is living out his dream and equipping others to live there. So I am so excited to share this conversation with my buddy, Shane Sam. So uh, let's get right into it. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speak Lab podcast. Good to have you here with us today. Listen, I apologize right out of the gate here because uh, we've got one of my closest friends hanging out with us today. And for some reason, like we're coming up on 400 episodes and this guy's never been on the podcast. So we're joined today by my buddy, Shane Sams. Uh, Shane and I are in a, a small mastermind with a couple other guys. We talk literally every single day. And that's not every an exaggeration. Day every single day and in the form of texting, uh, just a nonstop text stream that uh, Shane and I are a part of. And yet for some, some whatever reason, he hasn't been on the podcast. So Shane, I apologize publicly. I let that out. And uh, good to have you here hanging out with us, my friend. The man, the myth, the legend, the icon, my, my personal idol in this world of <laughs> online business, Grant Baldwin. <laughs> I don't know about that. He hey man, I wasn't a speaker until two years ago. So I just decided we, to start speaking. So why would I have been on the podcast at that point? We, yeah, you know? this is fair. This is fair. And so your speaking journey has taken a, um, a rapid ascent in a short amount of time. And so we're going to be talking about that. It's been a wild story. Again, I've kind of been privy to see behind the scenes of how it's come to be, but even I am going like, Dang, this is legit. This is pretty wild. So yeah, man. Uh, for context, though, you also have a, a really cool just I think uh, what makes you unique is 
you have a very, very, very relatable story. It's not this um, uh, unattainable type of thing of just like, well, I, you know, good for him, but I can never pull that off. But you just have a very down to earth background and story. Uh, you're a very genuine, authentic person. Again, I know that about you from uh, spending a lot of time together um, personally and professionally. So for, the, for those who, again, who are not familiar with it, give us kind of a context of your background. Your wife is a big part of your story, uh, obviously. And so yeah, give, sure. give us the, the, the Shane Sam story. So, you know, about 10 years ago, um, I was actually not in an entrepreneur, not an online business, nothing. I was on a railroad track to retirement as a school teacher in Southeast Kentucky. And uh, I taught history, coach football. And uh, my wife, Jocelyn, was also an educator. She was an elementary school librarian. Uh, we lived that good enough life, baby, living paycheck to paycheck. But it always ran out on Thursday and you got paid on Friday. <laughs> you know, that kind, of, that kind of paycheck. And, man, I'd probably still be a school teacher today. Um, really, if something had not happened to my son, Isaac, uh, my son at the time was about three years old. And uh, one morning I was dropping him off at daycare. And uh, he just out of nowhere, uh, as he was screaming, he wouldn't go inside. He, he said, she scares me. And it kind of gave me pause. And I, and I said, who scares you? And uh, he told me one of the ladies names in his daycare. Um, and I said, why does she scare you? And he said, she locks me in the bathroom and turns out the lights. So I, I, in that moment, you know, you're a, you're a new parent. You got a three-year-old. He's telling you stuff, but it's not like adult sentences. But you know that instinct kicks in that something's wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I'm responsible for other people's kids. You know, I got 30 high school juniors waiting to burn down the building if I don't get to the high school on time, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what was going on at the time. So I actually took Isaac to my daughter's daycare. She was a baby. She was under two. There was a lady there that had kept. Um, Isaac, when he was a baby, and I said, Will you watch Isaac for a minute while I run to school and tell him what's going on? I tried to call him, couldn't get a hold of nobody. Uh, but Grant, when I got to school, um, I went in and talked to my boss, and she asked me if my son was in immediate danger. And I said, No. And then she said, Well, I can't help you then. You know, if your son is safe right now, um, there's no more subs available. I can't watch your class. I know your son needs you, but your job needs you too. And you're going to have to handle your personal problems after work. And you know me, that was not going to be accepted at that moment in time, man. (laughs) It was all I could do not to flip the desk over on that woman, right? And and I just told her, I said, I'm leaving. And she said, well, you could be fired. And I said, then fire me. And I walked out. Mm. And I was driving back uh, to my son at that daycare center. And I looked up at myself in the rearview mirror. And I got really mad. And I realized that, I had given so much power of my life to this person because they paid me a paycheck and gave me health insurance that they dared think they could tell me that my job was the same level as my child. Uh, So I made a promise to myself in that car, man. I said, I'm going to find a way to become and stay self-employed. I'm going to control every minute of my day. And uh, when I do it, uh, I'm going to be able to, you know, go take care of my kids when they need me. So a long journey goes after this, man. I can't go into every single thing that happens, but I tried a couple of things before I started this. I, I told my wife, I said, I'm gonna, I was called her one day from school and I said, I'm going to stop at the tool store and I'm going to get a hammer and I'm going to, I'm going to get other tools that go with hammers. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going to get one of those tool belts like that Tim, the tool man, Taylor wear, and I'm going to, I'm going to become a handyman, Jocelyn. I only need 50 people to pay me $50 a month. I need 50 jobs and I can pay my, that's what I make as a school teacher. And, uh, you know, Jocelyn, man, she, you know her. She keeps me straight. And uh, she said, Shane, Sam's your first 
uh, clue should have been that you don't already own tools. <laughs> so you can't be a handyman. I won't let you fix things in our house. You can't do that. And I'm like, you're right, baby. You're right. You're right. You're right. And uh, so I was like, all right. I tried all these things and I couldn't do it. And uh, one day when I was cutting my grass, I was listening to business podcasts. They were new at the time. And uh, I found this podcast called the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn. Mm-hmm. And I heard him tell a story of how when he lost his job, he started an online business. He created the study guide for the architecture test. And he was getting people to pay him $19 to email them this PDF. And in his first month, he got 400 people to pay him $19, over $7,000 in a single month. And I said, God, that's it. I, tell, I can get 50 people to give me $50 and replace my salary. I'll just sell them things I already know. So that, that introduced me to online business. My wife, uh, Joss, and I uh, went on you know, to work together to build a couple of companies. We started out in education. Uh, we were selling lesson plans to school districts. Jocelyn was making elementary lesson plans. I was making playbooks for football coaches, and I was making history lesson plans for history teachers. Uh, we launched in August of 2012 and made 2,500 bucks. Uh, by November, we were already making $5,000 a month. By July of 2013, it was 15 grand a month. And uh, in August of uh, 2013, it was $36,000 in a single month. And uh, that was the moment where we said, hey, we're done. And I, uh, in the same office, that boss said, I know your son needs you, but your job needs you too. I got to slide my letter of resignation over and say, I don't need your job anymore. And, uh, <laughs> and I've been a self, sales go, baby. And I've been a self-employed location independent online entrepreneur uh, ever since. Now, uh, real quick, what got me into what I do full-time now with a brand called Flip Lifestyle, my Flip Lifestyle podcast and all that. When we quit our jobs, a lot of people thought we were crazy, right? One person, you know, everybody was like, why did you do this? Why did you do this? What are you doing? But one of Jocelyn's friends asked us how. Her name was Lindsay. Uh, she wanted to quit her job to homeschool her kids. And Jocelyn started teaching her what we knew, and what we figured out. And three months later, she quit her job. Mm-hmm. And uh, her husband came up to me after church one day with tears in his eyes and said, what you taught us changed our family's future forever. Wow. And uh, that's when we were like, man, if, if God's blessed us and let us figure out how to do this for us, and God's allowed us to take what we knew and tell it to somebody else, and they repeated the process, maybe we're supposed to tell everybody about this. So we launched Flip Lifestyle in 2014. Um, and, uh, you know, we've been teaching people how to start membership sites, online businesses. Ever since, we've helped thousands of people. Um, we actually, uh, in 2017, sold our original education company uh, on a contract for $1.1 million. Um, that's when me and you started hanging out, like right around that time. Yeah, yep. you know? you know, there's a ton and, of uh, stories behind that too. Ton of stories. But uh, we sold that company because we just really felt like it was our mission to go out and help as many real families, not these Lamborghini, Instagram posting, Gary V, 70 hour a week worshiping people. It was like, no, real people with kids, with jobs, how can they take control of their income? How can they get freedom? How can they change their life and their family's future? And uh, that's what we've been doing ever since. That's crazy, man. And again, as someone who has heard this story multiple times and is uh, in person and on podcasts and other formats, uh, I still, I, I, you, and, and I will say this, I've heard the story a lot, but you've gotten really polished telling that story. Uh, I got three and- versions now. I got the five minute version. <laughs> I got the 25 minute version and I got the 55 minute version. That's what I learned as a speaker. You got to have all of them in a row. You got your elevator pitch all the way up to about 45 for the keynote, right? <laughs> so good. So good. No. So you've been doing, <coughs> excuse me, you've been doing the membership for 
for several years. Again, kind of teaching people what you guys are doing. We made this transition. We can show you how to make the transition as well. One of the things that you have been doing that uh, the, to help build the business, you've been doing a podcast for several years. You, uh, again, yeah. as far as I know, you haven't done a ton of outside speaking You know, prior to 18 months ago, uh, maybe a few things right. here and there, but it wasn't something that was ever super intentional. It has largely been an online business with, again, you're, you're getting some at-bats, you're getting some reps via podcasting. Was there anything else that you guys were doing or is podcasting kind of the, the primary driver? No, man. Our entire business model has always been record a podcast, build an audience, turn that audience into an email list, sell the email list into your membership site. That's it. I mean, that's all we did, you know, from 2014 until about, you know, maybe 2019, right before the pandemic started. Yeah. Um, and then what changed was, you know, one, I, I, I feel, I think like most speakers or people that have a, a authors, like you want to get your message out to as many people as fast as possible. And the podcasting medium is incredible. I mean, I've done almost a thousand of my own podcasts. I've done hundreds of guest appearances. So I've got the 10,000 hour at bats telling my story, right. And all that good stuff. Right. Um, but I had an opportunity in 2019. Um, I think it was 2019 to go out and speak at a uh, Pat Flynn's event, Flynn um, you know, he invited me out there and I was like, you know, I'll come for free. I'll pay my own way. Like, I'm not asking for money out of the gate. Right. I'm just like, what do I got to do to do this? And, you know, and I tried to get a little speaking going before that, but I couldn't get on anybody's stage. Like no matter how many people I met, no matter how many podcasts I did, no matter how successful we were, you know, it's one of those things. Like you've got to have your, you got to pay your dues. You got to have some reps in. Um, so Pat had asked me to be at his event because Jocelyn and I decided to host our own event. When everybody said no to me, I said, screw it. We'll just get a hundred people in a room and we'll speak ourselves. Let's go two days. Right. So I did these events in like 2018 and 2019 of my own. And because I did my own event, because I invested and took the risk, I had some footage that I could show to people that I actually knew what I was doing on stage. Gotcha. And yep. And then Pat asked me to go to his event and the, the, the feedback I got from the stage event, a line of people waiting in line crying about mm. my story and how it inspired them. I, I knew that that was something that I really wanted to do. At the same time, um, you and I talk about this all the time. We're big relationship marketers. I mean, we love relationships. Like friendships and relationships are how you succeed in any industry, right? I had just discovered this Dream 100 concept where you're, where you're intentional with great intentions about meeting people, getting to know people, and all that. And as I looked at the list, I was like, every one of these people are speaking. Mm. Every one of these people are in green rooms. Every one of these people are at catering and in the back and hanging out with each other. They all seem to know each other. And that was like, when I really, it hit me, I was like, man, if I want to, ex if I want to exponentially grow my platform, um, doing it on stage is probably the way I need to, to do it. And then you know, a couple of things happened and life got crazy pretty fast. Yeah. And we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get to the couple of things there, yeah. but even like to that point of recognizing like, okay, I'm interested in being a speaker, but at the same time, like, um, there are, there are trade-offs to being a speaker, meaning like, yes. you know, you and I have been friends through, um, you know, the kind of the latter half of my career where I was on the road constantly, you're away from family constantly. You and I are both big, big, big family people, uh, love our wives, love our kids. And at the same time, like we both enjoy travel. We take a lot of trips with our families and we like those experiences, but the nature of speaking is for the most part, you typically have to get on a plane you have to go somewhere. You have to leave your family, which, you know, again, is, is part of it. And so 
for someone who's been intentional in terms of like building a business that was, I don't want to go anywhere. I'm doing this on my terms. I want to be with my family all the time. What, what, in addition to kind of like, all right, I want to start to rub shoulders with some of the other speakers and influencers that are in our space. Was there anything else that like, what was the kind of the the mental thought process or the conversations that you were having with your wife, Jocelyn about, okay, if if I do start getting into speaking, there's going to be some sacrifices. There's going to be some trade-offs. And it's a very different model than, you know, having a a work from home, stay at home business that you'd had previously. So talk us through kind of like what that mental shift was like and and kind of your thought process there. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely, you know, I think as an unfair advantage, it's probably good for me to point out, like, you know, I have control of my income. I have worked really hard over 10 years to build choices into my life. Um, and I think that even as a speaker, you can't just rely on speaking. You need stuff beyond the stage. You need stuff like your own products, your own services, your own things that you're doing to make sure that getting that next gig doesn't break you. Right. And I had done the work to build those into my life. And when I came home, I did a couple big events. Um, I volunteered. I did a FinCon for free, did podcast movement for free. Uh, did a couple other buddies events for free just to get reps, get sizzle reel, get all those things together. Right. Um, and as I started building that up, um, this opportunity that we're, that I have now has uh, presented itself and I knew it was going to change. So I went home and I said, Hey guys, I think that one, this is going to make your life better financially Two, I think this is, I've prayed about this and I think it's God's plan for our family. Right. Mm-hmm. And sometimes God's plan requires a little sacrifice. Right. Um, then three, um, I told my family, Hey, we have worked really hard to build this in where my wife comes with me when I speak. Sometimes, uh, mm-hmm. we take the kids to some of those events. Um, but I think it was also a conversation I had with Isaac, my son, he's 13 now and Anna Joe's 11. And I sat down and told him, I said, Hey, you know, here's what we think the long term will be. I'll probably be traveling a couple times a month, maybe three times, maybe more in the beginning. Um, but we're going to control this, but you guys are really getting older. You guys are getting independent. You guys, honestly, we've been together more than most families will probably ever get. How about we try to get a little independence, let you guys grow. So I think from a parenting perspective, it was more like, I felt like I might've been smothering my kids a little. And I was, and I wanted them to feel what it was like for mom and dad to be gone. Sure. I wanted them to feel that. So, um, and also it's mission-based, you know, I think people get into most careers for money at first. Um, you know, we talked on our mastermind last year about this thing called the, the money problem, right? You figured out how to make money. Okay. What do you do next? And I really feel like I'm in a mission phase of my life right now. And I wanted to go out and shout this from the mountaintops as much as possible. So I needed to get out and do those things. So I did not decide to do this man without a conversation with my wife. Uh, I sat down with my children and I told them, you guys have a vote here. If there's ever a moment where you two vote that I don't do this, then I will do something else. And so far the kids have really appreciated it. They've really enjoyed it. They've really loved it. Um, It gives them some freedom, which they're craving right now. Um, So that's kind of the thought process and how we went through that. Um, And I don't, I don't think you can do what I'm doing right now without a mission, right? Like some, if you want to be a speaker, that's great. If you want to make your living speaking because you think it's fun, that's awesome. But if you really want to make an impact, you got to have a mission. And sometimes a mission requires things to change. Um, And I was at a point where this was changing for sure. Hey friends, I got a question for you. Considering where you are in your speaking journey, what are your next steps to take your speaking career to the next level? If your answer is, "I, I have no idea or I have too many ideas, I don't know where to start, 
let me give you what I believe is the best next step that you can take. I want you to book a call with the Speaker Lab team today over at thespeakerlab.com slash coach. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash coach to see if our personalized coaching program is right for you. We have helped literally thousands of speakers from all over the world find and book more speaking gigs, and we'd love to see if we could help you as well. Our personalized coaching program features done-for-you websites, done-for-you demo videos, weekly coaching calls, access to all of our educational content. We find speaking leads specifically for you and so much more. You've got the talent. You've got the drive. Let us give you the plan to execute. All you got to do is book your call today by going to thespeakerlab.com slash coach. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash coach. So the... A, a lot of what you speak about is not only like teaching people on the membership side, but it's also like kind of the, again, the shortened version of what you just talked about your own story. So people, again, connect with your story, they relate with your story. And you've seen that now firsthand of, I tell the story, I see the reaction. Okay. And that kind of validates it. But again, prior to were there hesitations, doubts, insecurities, fears going like, I, you know, I've accomplished something, but like I was a football teacher or a football coach. I was a history teacher. My wife is a librarian. We're from Southeast Kentucky. Like, who are we? Like, why should we yeah. be on stage? You know, did you have any of those doubts? I think that I solved those mindset issues through podcasting, right? I had done, you know, everybody says 10,000 hours. I've done the reps, right? Like in the podcast world. And all those, and which I think every, if you're trying to have a speaking career right now, you need to start a podcast. I mean, you just do, you need to, even if nobody listens just to get the reps. Right. And, uh, you know, as I'm, as I went, when we started our podcast, I was afraid that everyone would judge me the way I talk, my accent, Kentucky, you know, there's all those stereotypes or whatever. And I realized that my, what my perceived weakness in speaking was my greatest strength. And now we start every podcast with, Hey, y'all. There's no, I got a shirt on right now that says y'all on it. Right. <laughs> and uh, it, we embrace that as a part of our brand. Um, I found that my accent and my story is what it was authentically me. I mean, I'm the same guy when I'm hanging out with you. I, listen, I've spent a lot of time with you in person. And again, this, isn't a, this is not a shtick. This is no. like, <laughs> this Shane is who I am, baby. Is super redneck. And it's yes, I am. as rural as it gets, y'all, as rural as it gets. And, uh, and you know, so I, I realized that like the only differentiator we have are these things that we think are our, weak, our weaknesses, you know? So we embraced it. I mean, I got Kentucky hanging on my wall. It says y'all everywhere we go. Uh, all my catchphrases, there's things like ain't and stuff like this, whatever, you know? And like, I just, I just, it's whatever I say in real life, I say on the mic and I say on the stage. Yeah. So embracing that authentic you is, and, and, you know, and there's sometimes you got to have, you got to fight it. Like you'll go, like when I go up North and I got to talk to people, Sometimes the Northerners, they'll get a little, you know, uppity with themselves. All you people from the Nords, you know what I'm saying? You people. And uh, I'll go there, but like, you can even come up with ways to twist it back. Like if, you know, I say, uh, when I talk anywhere in the North, I say, if you judge my intellect by my dialect, you're going to miss something that'll change your life in the next 35 minutes. Right? Like, so I just, you just embrace everything about you and tell people like it's their fault if they don't like it. Right. Yeah, yeah. And if you, once you do that, but all that was on the podcast, I, by the time I got on my first stages, the big ones, like these new, these 2000, 3000, 8,000 stages, um, you know, I felt like all that was away from it. I was, I was done, yeah. uh, but that was reps, man. takes a lot of time to be an overnight success people. And you got to have that iceberg with the tip sticking out all that stuff at the bottom. Yeah. Is what's going to make you what you are going forward. Now, again, let's, so let's talk about kind of what's, what's happened here in the past 18, 24 months or so. Again, I've kind of had a behind the scenes peek to this. Um, 
And again, I would, we were kind of texting a little bit about this earlier, you know, how much should we talk about this? I think it helps for context. I'd also just state like, this isn't totally normal uh, what you've stumbled into, but at the same time, again, I think, you know, we, we've kind of, you've kind of set the stage here of you have done a lot of things that put you in a spot for this opportunity to exist. It wasn't right. like, you know, Hey, I'm a football coach. And like, you know, suddenly I was quote unquote discovered and this random thing happened. And no, no, like you had, again, you'd done the reps, you'd been showing up and you just happen to stumble across uh, uh, the right people's radar because you were, were showing up. So yeah. kind of give us some context of like, <clears throat> what's the speaking stuff you're doing now? How did that kind of come to be? And then we'll kind of talk about what, what's happened since then. Yeah, I, I, I think one of the you know, unfair advantages, again, that I think I learned this through football because I was a college football coach and a high school football coach for like 10 years. And like I, I, I learned very early that it's your responsibility to put yourself in the right place to be in the right place at the right time and have done the reps so that when you get your shot, you don't miss it. Right. So, you know, all that stuff, you know, hosting our own live events, speaking places, a couple places for free, being super intentional uh, with even my relationships is what got me to where I was. So here's what happened. And when we started speaking a little bit and I started this dream 100, you know, I wrote down the hundred podcasts that I wanted to be on. Right. And then I tried to figure out a way to serve those people and build those relationships so that I could be a guest on their podcast. Um, a lot of times that meant asking them to be on my show first and letting them and serving them that way by showing them to my audience. And then there was reciprocity. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, another great reason to have your own podcast. Most people will say yes to being on a show. You want to meet somebody? Ask them to be on your podcast. Yep. So I had done this and what and uh, one of the podcasts I was on. Um, went out, I was a guest, told my story and did this, had a little opt-in at the end of it. So the, you know, this guy named Michael Pink, who's an author, heard it. Okay. He went to my webinar and he's like, this guy is real. He's a normal dude. Um, this, and he, he had so much fun on my webinar. He bought our stuff, just a cool guy. Right. But I didn't know him. I didn't know who he was. This was not the guy on my radar. This was my radar was to get on this podcast. That guy was friends with this guy named Joe Johnson. And Joe Johnson had a vision to fill stadiums with people in the Christian space uh, and to equip them and to inspire them and to motivate them to go out and start businesses. And he was looking for something, you know, on these, how these events usually work. There's a big stadium event. Two of the speakers are sales guys. They will sell tickets to smaller events that are seminars, basically. And then things will get sold in these seminars to help people. Like, how do you want to learn real estate? You want to learn stocks? Things like that. Joe told Michael Pink in this meeting, because he used to work for him, hey, man, I'm looking for something new, something different, something that nobody's ever seen before, because I don't want to just be a normal business event. And uh, Michael Pink goes, oh, man, I just heard this guy named Shane Sams on a podcast last week. I went to his webinar. He's different. It's authentic. Dude's from Kentucky, and he don't care, right? He's wearing a T-shirt at his webinar, right? You know, he ain't in a suit. He ain't wearing a Rolex. He ain't doing nothing, man. And uh, and uh, Joe goes, really? And, uh, yeah, so Joe tells his assistant, he's just starting this company. And remember, this is in March of 2020. Mm, so I get, an e- I get an email in like late, late February, early March of 2020 from this girl who claims she's Joe Johnson's assistant and says, hey, we want Shane to maybe partner with us for some live events. Now, I was not being considered as a speaker at this time, okay? They wanted us to fulfill. Like they wanted to sell our product and get a cut, basically. Yeah. 
But I, it looked fake. I started looking at it. I'm like, a global pandemic. They've canceled every live event in the world. You are liars. They had like a Photoshop picture of Tim Tebow on their website when I went there. And I was like, <laughs> they, they had just started like a week before, right? And uh, she wrote me back and she's like, no, if you don't take this, you're going to regret it. This is Joe. He used to own Success Magazine. He's created millions of dollars in companies, Inc. 500. Got, and he showed me his background. So I was like, all right, I'll meet with him. So I meet with Joe and he's like, yeah, we're doing this. And I'm like, why are you starting a live event company in the global pandemic? And he's like, well, everybody else just fired all their best people. So I'm going to hire them mm-hmm. and we're going to start the best live event company you've ever seen. We're going to be first out of the gate when the pandemic's over. I'm like, I like this dude. He thinks like I do, you know, let's yeah. go. Uh, so I signed on as a partner, right? And they were looking for speakers at the time. They didn't really have everything worked out. So we had this big partner meeting. So there was a summit. And four of the partners, so it felt like the Game of Thrones, like our house was sitting over here, and like <laughs> another house is sitting over there. It's like, who are these people? And like everybody's like kind of posturing to kind of, you know how it is when you get in those yeah. environments. Like, so there's like maybe a hundred people in this room, 75 to a hundred people. Um, so each partner got to do a 45 minute talk um, for the part, but it was really just to introduce it. It wasn't trying out to speak or nothing like that. Right. And you know, everybody was this and that, and it was kind of like the normal, like, here's what we do. Here's a couple slides. Nothing was real super entertaining but i ain't gonna do nothing that ain't entertaining people i'm here to win you know what i'm saying so i'm like i'm gonna give the best partner speech these people ever saw and uh, so i got so I, I, so I worked on I, I gave my normal speech my normal 45 minute speech that i give when i'm speaking right to tell our story from start to finish like a to z i get up there first thing i say the whole room cracks up laughing right the second thing i say everybody's laughing the third thing i say literal crying like i'm just like you know, as a speaker, you know, when you've got the room, oh, yeah. right? totally. and you know, it, you, you're like, I can make you angry, cry or happy in the next five minutes. So I do, I go through this and, uh, and, the, and I, you know, I, and I got to the end of my story and I told this one part of my story, I tell about how I knew I made it. And it was a time where I could be there for Isaac without asking permission. He called me and needed some help. And I was just dropped everything. Yeah. And I had a pin drop in the room and I just said, that's who I am. And that's what I do. And that place lost its mind. I mean, <laughs> standing ovation, cry, crying, laughing, going bonkers. Like I did, and you know, my whole shtick is quit your job. I mean, that's all I, I yeah. teach people. I, I help hundreds of people quit their job. That's what I do. And Joe Johnson, the owner of the company goes, all right, nobody quit their job, please. Next week. I, <laughs> I know Shane's going to help you do this, but please keep working for me. Right. And like, um, and it was, a, it was floated to me that next week, like, Joe Johnson said, I think you were, you, you, you should do, you should speak on the big stage, but nobody, I, they were still not ready to take a chance on a guy who had never sold on the big stage. Before. Totally. Totally. You know, that's a, I mean, that's millions of dollars at risk, mm-hmm. you know? So, uh, they gave now, me and also shot. like as context here, the whole time you're telling, you know, myself and our other buddies in this, this text thread in our mastermind about this, we're just like, dude, this sounds like a scam. Like, yeah, right, yeah, no yeah, chance. Yeah, right. This is, is this legit. the MLM? What'd you oh, do? There's Shane? no chance. This is Shane, legit, are you in you know? a cult? Is this but a cult? each time you'd be like, I went down there. I met with him. It, it seems legit. And we're like, are you sure about this? So- and like at, at the first time I met him, it was the CEO, another guy and a guy on zoom in an empty conference room with nobody else. And like every time I went back, there was like 10 more people. So I was like, something's happening here. They're hiring people. What's going on? <laughs> and uh, uh, and at, at the, the week or two before our first event in Tampa, Joe called, he sends me a message and he's like, we're going to give you a shot. Go on the sales team. And if anybody in sales knows, there's a first, second, and third guy. And the sales look like that, right? But I beat the second guy. Okay. You were in the third when spot? I, did, I was in the third spot, end of the day, and I beat the second guy. And hmm. people were like, what is happening? 
So in the second event, I got bumped to the two spot, right? And I crushed it. I mean, I caused people knocking chairs over. Uh, same thing, just totally had it under control. Um, and then, you know, they, uh, you know, I was, and I thought I was the two guy and I was content, man. Cause like people go their whole career to try to get those spots. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then this time there was a lot of things that happened. I got really sick in January. Didn't think I was going to be there. Called them from the hospital bed and said, no plan B I'll be there. I'm going <laughs> to be there, you know, and I'm trying to get better to get, just to get to the event. And the night before then the one guy his he had a scheduling conflict. And he wasn't going to be there to the afternoon. So I got a call at 849 the night before I'm flying to Dallas in, in a stadium with 8,000 people in it. And they're like, uh, we need you to do the one spot. And bro, I was changing my slides on the plane, on my phone, on the way there for the pitch. And, uh, and, uh, and I just got out there, man. And I just said, you know what? It's, the, it's not prepared. It doesn't matter how many people in the crowd do your talk. Do your talk. Do what you know works. These people haven't heard it. Like go in and don't change too much. Just do the talk, right? And uh, went out there, tore the house down, sold over a thousand tickets, and uh, now, so now I'm I'm doing seminars on the weekends. I'm doing big stage events. Um, but if I had not had my ten thousand hours in when I got my shot at that partner meeting, if I had not been putting myself out there week after week, month after month, year after year, and finally that right guy heard me on a podcast, mm -hmm. um, I never would have gotten that opportunity. And I definitely wouldn't have been prepared for it uh, when I got there. So, yeah, um, I think it's definitely, again, as, as someone who's seen the, all the little things behind the scenes, uh, even prior to all of this, but just the work that you do day in and day out. Oh yeah. This is a great example of Man, it just seems like, oh, you just all of a sudden booked an 8,000 person gig. It's like, nope, <laughs> nope, nope. It does not work like that. Like literally years and years and years behind the scenes to become yeah. that again, um, what seems like an overnight success. And, in and intentional. Like it's not yeah. just years and years of hard work. It's, all right, if I ever want to get in front of a stadium, I better be ready when they call me yeah. and doing the things I could do when people wouldn't let me on their stage, start a podcast, start your own stage and then nope. go forward from there. One thing I'm, I'm curious about is, again, it's, it's one thing to do a podcast interview. You know, you and I are, are talking right now. There may be thousands and thousands of people listening, but really like at the moment, it's just you and I talking. And so it's a different vibe versus, you know, you, you get up in front of 8,000 people where sure. you have not been in front of, you know, um, uh, in front of audiences, live in-person audiences, from my understanding, I mean, outside of like teaching uh, yeah. more than, you know, a handful of times or so. So even like, what's kind of the, the thought process, what, what are you doing to just get in the right mindset of, and this isn't like talking on a podcast in some ways, it's similar in other ways, but getting up in front of 8,000 people when it's not like you've done hundreds and hundreds of in-person live presentations. Sure. Talk us through your mentality and, and how you prepare for something like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, again, I, I, I started my career as a football coach, right? Like when I came out of college, I went back to grad school, immediately started coaching football, ended up at some D1 programs, ended up at head coaching in high school, being coordinators. And what I learned from that more than anything was if you're, if you're prepared, game day doesn't even matter. You're just calling calls off the play sheet and seeing what happens, yeah. right? Um, because you can't control the response of the audience. You can only control what you do. So I, I, for me, it was just like once I got the opportunity and I knew it was going to be me on stage, it was putting in the reps, putting in the time to think through the presentation. You know, that first preparation that I made for my first 45 minute gig on that big stage in front of thousands of people, um, I would be willing to bet that I put an hour into every minute of that speech. I mean, mm. I thought about 
every minute. And I said, I'm going to sit down for an hour and I'm only going to work on this next minute. And I put in the reps. And then once I got done, um, well, you saw me prepping for this thing, man. I was, mm -hmm. I every walk I took, I said the whole presentation. Every time I was in the shower, I talked through the presentation. Um, you know, I even went live on Zoom in my Facebook group to practice the presentation live in front of a, at least an online audience. Yeah. Um, and of course, I was nervous. Of course, I felt the weight of responsibility because the sales speaker has a really important job. Like that's what pays the bills, right? And I felt the weight of all those people that I loved and knew in the back, like, man, this has to work so we can have another event, right? Um, that's not going to go away. You're going to have to just suck it up and get some courage and walk out there eventually and not let your voice crack, you know? Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, you know, when I went on stage, you know, the last thing I said to Jocelyn was, I'm going to kill this because I knew I had done the work. I knew I had done the prep and the nerves happen before that. But when you're standing at the bottom of the steps, man, and you're next green lights coming, you ain't got, it's, that's the roller coasters over the hill. Now you're gone. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think like thinking about it like that, like, what is your prep? Like, are you willing to do the work? Now, once I do that work, now I only prep for like a day before an event because it's the same talk everywhere I go pretty much, right? Yeah. This big stage speech. But yeah, man, I, I put the work in, did the reps. And when I walked out there, I was like, all right, I got a slide deck to guide me. It's not like I'm going to get lost. Um, mm -hmm. And I can do this in my sleep because I've told this story so many times. And the pitch is the only thing where there's a question, but I'm outcome independent. I don't know what that crowd's going to do when they hear the pitch. Yeah, so I, yeah. my job is to give the pitch. Right. So right. those things, man, outcome independent, put in the work, um, you know, have the reps, be willing to do whatever it takes to prepare and, um, you know, go out there and, you know, shoulder the responsibility. And, uh, and I've, I, and let me tell y'all something. There was the, the second event, uh, when I got bumped to the two spot, I had to have Grant taught me off the ledge at least once. I was like, Oh my God, all these people are counting on me. So much responsibility. I like the third spot better. Can I go back to the third spot? And you're like, shut up, just go do it. It's the same <laughs> talk, you know? So it's like all those things go do come at you. Uh, but the better prepared you are like Dallas was man. Eight, I thought I'd be nervous. 8,000 people. And I crushed it. I just, I, I was, I guess the same talk, do the talk, make them laugh, make them cry, sell them something. Let's but even I would say like, this is a good example of like, if, if people would go back to the very beginning, Hey man, tell us about stuff. And you did it your five minute story. And again, it sounds like you're just riffing, oh, just kind of off the top of my head. But like, this was like, every word is thought through it's practice. It's considered, yes. this is how I transitioned from the story about Isaac to my story with a, with being a teacher to here's how uh, I listened to this podcast and here's how it impacted me. Like every, every part of that is very, very, yeah. you know, refined and thought through. And again, that doesn't and, just and, happen. And, and it's also, it's also best practices. Like I don't, yeah. I, I think I'm good at storytelling, but my story, I took my story and I, and I looked at it through the lens of like Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey. Mm -hmm. um, the shorter version, I run through the Pixar storyboard script. If you've never seen that before, like look up Pixar story script and it'll show you how they, the first day, how they plan their movies. And it's a real yeah. way to quickly, concisely tell a story. And like, I study story. I read books about story. I don't just say I'm a good storyteller. So even the reps of structure and resisting the thing I want to say when I want to say it, because we see best practices of how it should, of when things should happen in a speech, like, like do your homework, become a student of the game. And when you go out there, it's not just you and your story wondering if it'll work. It's the weight of history, right? Like right. these stories that have been told forever, uh, that'll have your back and you won't have to worry so much about it being all on your shoulders. Let's wrap up with this uh, again. What has happened to you in the past 18 months? Um, 
it, it's not common, but it happens. And you, again, you, you prepared well. So for someone that again, is kind of listening going like, well, that could never happen to me. Uh, or, you know, I don't think I could ever, you know, that's great that you were able to get up on stage in front of 8,000 people and be kind of the headline keynote there, but you know, good for you. That's not going to happen to me. Uh, and people who are just, again, kind of early stages, trying to get the ball rolling, trying to build that momentum and trying to stay, take one step at a time. What, what would you say to them? I'd say two things. The first thing is be really intentional. You need to write down every stage you want to speak on and you need to look at it as a, I can speak on that stage and I'm going to figure out a way where I will be able to get on that stage. So be super intentional so you can have that in your head. But then I think the second thing is get the reps in any way you can. Like guys, you have a phone. You could, it, we make money with our mouths, people like start talking into a microphone. You Podcasting, you can basically do it for free. If you say an hour, if you talk an hour a day, you're going to be a better talker when you get a shot to do a preview or somebody yeah. discovers you, right? Um, and also, too, like say yes to a few things free to quickly to prove that you can, you know, you need the sizzle wheel. You need the, I talked in front of 50 people with some good camera angles or whatever. Yep. Um, so that you, when you get a chance to be booked and paid to speak and you got a gig, you've got something to show people. Like, I'm not, I've been on a stage. Like, I can mm -hmm. do this. Just give me my next shot. And just keep taking next shots, man, and keep putting yourself out there um, so that you can be really, really lucky uh, when you put yourself in a, in a good position to be lucky. Yeah. Well said, yeah. man. Dude, I'm, again, as, a, as your friend, I'm so proud of you and happy for you. And uh, it's been a, a, a fun journey to, to watch from the sidelines. So if people want to find out more about you, what you're up to, again, you've got a great podcast. I've been uh, honored to be a guest on it a time or two. And sure. uh, you've got a, a great community as well, teaching people, uh, you know, your, the, the membership world that you guys uh, teach. So where can people find out more about you? Yeah, the best thing to do, you're already listening to a podcast. So before you even put your phone down, uh, I have two podcasts. One's called The Shane Sam Show. You can check out uh, my podcast with Grant on that podcast. I talk to experts, authors, and entrepreneurs. And then uh, I have another podcast called Flipped Lifestyle, where I actually coach people on how to create income. Um, and if you're interested in trying out, you know, anything to make income, you know, speakers need that extra source of income. You got to have multiple streams of income so you don't have to rely on any one gig. Um, you know, go it over to fliplifestyle.com slash free and you can uh, see our program and uh, we can help you start monetizing your knowledge and your wisdom and your passions uh, online with membership sites. Shane Sams, always good to catch up with you, my friend. Thanks for taking the time. Grant, Grant Baldwin, your beard is amazing. <laughs> amazing. All right. All right, there you have it. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Speaker Lab podcast. Now, I want you to know that we do this podcast simply because we want to serve and support speakers like you. We don't charge anything for you to listen, but in return, we do have one small favor to ask. Would you be willing to subscribe to the podcast where you're listening right now? Hit that subscribe button. Also, leave us a rating and review within iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen to these podcasts. We read every single one of them, and they also help other people to find the show. Also, if you are looking to take the next step in growing your speaking business, be sure and check out thespeakerlab.com. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com. We've got a ton of free resources and tools there, and you can also learn more about the programs that we offer, which include one-on-one -on -one coaching. Our mission here is to help you find the confidence, clarity, and clear path that you need to own your speaking success. So again, check us out over at thespeakerlab.com. As always, we appreciate you hanging out with us and we'll catch you next time. You're awesome.